Welcome to another episode of the Parenting Culture Podcast. This is Dr. Anjali Ferguson here with you again. I am joined today by Dr. Jide Bumashigbin, our resident dad and fatherhood expert for another episode on fathers. But today we're going to talk a little bit more broadly about mental health. I learned a ton of new facts during this episode. I think you're really going to enjoy it. It pushed me to think about fathers from a different lens in ways that I just really never considered. Um, I won't say too much because I really want you to tune in here and see what we have in store for you. But I think this will be a really enlightening conversation on ways in which we engage fathers and how we really don't engage fathers in conversations around parenting. So stick around and let us know what you think. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Parenting Culture Podcast. This is Dr. Anjali Ferguson, and I am joined again by our resident dad and parental, paternal mental health expert, Dr. Jide Bumashigbin. Welcome. Thank you for having me again. I'm happy to be here. We're so excited to have you. You add such a valuable resource and insight for our listeners on bringing that dad mental health and fatherhood conversation to the table, which is so important and so often ignored. Mm -hmm. Um, So thrilled. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And for the audience today, we're going to focus again on dads a little bit, but this time kind of taking a little bit of a broader lens and how mental health might impact fathers and what that might do for parenting and for the relationship too. Um, so Dr. Bumashigbin, you want to start with kind of telling us maybe, are there unique things that impact paternal mental health compared to the mental health of mothers? Um, you know, uh, that's, that would be yes and no. Okay. Uh, so, you know, as always, it's complicated, right? Um, so the number one strongest predictor, and my, my expertise is in depression, so I'm focusing mostly on depression. Mm-hmm. Um, the strongest predictor of a, ba- of a dad being depressed or a mom being depressed is if they were depressed before, right? Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's one thing we know, right? Like it's a, if you've been depressed before in your life, you're more likely to be depressed later on in your life. So in that way, that's not different from anybody else. Um, But one thing that is unique is the other strongest predictor of a dad's mental health um, is not necessarily income, you know, not necessarily things going on in their lives. It's mom's mental health, right? Yeah. So if mom is not doing well, dad is not necessarily doing well, but it doesn't necessarily work the other way. Right. Dads don't necessarily have that same impact on moms. But if mom's not doing well, dads more likely to not be doing well, particularly. And we're talking about parents who live together. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I would have never thought that, honestly, like when you when I think of factors that might stress a father more, maybe relative to a mother in and we're talking in like a a co-parenting, co-living situation. Um. I would jump to things like finances and maybe mm-hmm. that would be stereotyping in my, mm-hmm. my own head. So that's fascinating to me that mom's mental health actually mm-hmm. matters so much. Yes, yes absolutely. It, it's super important. You know, like, you know, we, we live together, right? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and we have to interact with each other, right? And, you know, moms really are, I mean, every member of the family is really important, right? But moms really drive so much in the house, right? So if they're not doing well, Oftentimes there's a lot, and you know, what we know about division of labor in the household, right? And taking care of kids and chores. If mom's not doing well, lots of stuff that 
keeps the family going isn't necessarily working anymore, right? So it's it's felt by everybody. Interesting. So it's like I say to my husband, I feel like I'm the glue here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> so yeah. if we're not working, then the household is crumbling a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would that, like, I guess, how does that then impact parenting on the father's part? So if their mental health is impacted, if dads are maybe feeling more depressed or anxious, how does mm-hmm. that impact their own parenting? Yeah, um, one, one big thing, and one, this is, this is, probably the most common misconception um, about absent dads, okay? So so one, absent dads, the way we think about them isn't necessarily right. Because some people think about it as somebody who's not involved in their life at all, right? Mm -hmm. Some people think about it, well, if you don't live in the house, you're an absent dad, right? So in this case, I'm talking about people who are not involved with their children, okay? These men are severely depressed. The common misconception is, oh, they don't care about their kids. They don't care about their family, right? But that's actually not the case. Oftentimes, it's just that these men are severely, severely depressed. And this has been shown in quantitative research as well as qualitative research. And they feel like, I don't want to be around my family in this state, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, there are people who don't care, right, and move on, right? But for the most part, it's it's just severe depression. Wow. Again, you're, I mean, you're teaching me so much right now because <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, and I bet some of what contributes to that misconception of the absent dad is that it is, a, I feel like a label that's applied to certain dads, maybe yep. more other dads mm-hmm. in certain communities. Um, and like you said, I always attribute it to maybe it's a lack of knowledge of how to engage. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much of that plays into some of the depression that they might be experiencing too. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's a lack of knowledge about how to engage oftentimes because dads think of themselves as having a role in the family. Right. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes these are also men who maybe have lost their jobs or not being able to provide. Right. So if they're not able to do that, I have no use anymore. Yeah. You know, I, what 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 do I have to offer the family if I can't go to work and provide money and provide resources for them? What what do I have? So yeah, it's about the expectations and lack of knowledge about the other ways you can contribute, right? Like the money's just one part, right? Um, so many different ways you could be a good dad. Yeah, that's so true because I think society tells dads that the only way you're valuable in a family mm-hmm. is if you contribute financially. When mm-hmm. And then there's no like guidebook or model of then mm-hmm. how to like parent or how to engage in parenting. Like all of right. that responsibility is fallen to mom and expected right. mom to carry that weight. And even if dads want to be involved, there's no clear cut expectations on how to right. do Right. Which I'm sure can feel really confusing too. Mm-hmm. It's not <laughs> like, what, what, what am I supposed to do? exactly and am I doing it right right if mom's just going to do it better anyway should I even partake in this exactly yeah that's like feedback I hear a lot of times with um friends of mine who are dads right Mm because we'll talk about some some of the times um and you and I might have even spoken of this last time but Mm -hmm. sometimes my greatest like barrier to my husband being involved is sometimes I feel like I can just do it faster and quicker and more easily and I have to catch myself and make sure I'm giving him opportunities to do Mm -hmm. it too right yes that that is a phenomenon known as maternal gatekeeping 
right? There, that's, a, that's a thing that's known, right? Um, and I want to be clear, it's not always bad, right? So some gatekeeping, and that's typically when a mom puts in a barrier between a dad and their child in some way, right? Some is good, right? If a dad is abusive, yes, gatekeep. Don't let them be around the kid, right? So in some cases, it's important, right? But oftentimes, what you're doing is you're neglecting their opportunity to be parents, right? So let me give you like a hypothetical, right? So for me, I'm hypothetical. I did not have exposure to children until I had children, right? Like, and as a man, like people don't really, you're not babysitting little kids. Mm-hmm. People don't really want you to be around little kids. Like it's it's just true. Yeah. It's just true. You're not spending much time around little kids. So if the first time you're around a baby is when you have a baby, this is all new, right? comparison if you're a girl or a woman oftentimes you've been tasked with caregiver responsibilities from a young age right so you know how to change diapers you know how to do all that so you already come in with a little bit more experience right Mm -hmm. then there's differences in paternity leave and maternity leave depending on where you are you know in the country right some some men get zero (laughs) right some men maybe get two weeks if their job's lucky, right, and nice to them. Some get six weeks versus moms, depending oftentimes, you get a little more time, right? It's still insufficient overall for everybody. Um, and in other countries, they do it better. I want to be clear on that. But, you know, you get a little more time, right? So in that time, you have, let's say you have eight weeks. He has two weeks, right? Those eight weeks, you're spending more time with the baby, bonding, doing more of the the caregiving, the diaper changing, the bottles, all of that, while he is going back to work. And we know this from research, he doesn't really want to go back to work. He'd rather be at home with the baby, right? But financial responsibilities and, and, and roles, right? My job's provider. Um, so he has to go back to work. So he's not, so you're getting full day's work of experience on a baby while he's getting two hours, three hours, right? Yeah. So then there comes the time where, okay, he's changed diapers, taking so long. Oh, I'm so frustrated. Why are you doing this? Oh, I can do it better. I can do it faster. Yeah, sure, you can, but already he's at a, it's at a huge deficit. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, again, you're making me think about things, which is why I love our conversations from a perspective that I don't have because I'm a mom and I think about parenting from like my mom perspective as much as I try and be empathic about it. And we like to say we share gender roles in our household. There's, it's still not completely equal. I don't know that it ever right. can be right. Because right. Of how our systems are set up, like you said. Right. And then like, I never even thought about like that disparity starting so early in our development where boys aren't given opportunities to be a child care mm-hmm. or babysitter. Um, you know, like even when I think of hiring babysitters now, maybe my bias always goes to people's yes. daughters to take yes. care of my child. Right. And I don't know, mm-hmm. why, but it's conditioned in me. It's a bias I have. Mm-hmm. And then I hear you speaking to it. And I think of like first time parenthood just being so anxiety provoking in general. Mm -hmm. I have an expertise in child development and parenting and all of that. And it was still anxiety provoking for me. And I babysat my whole life. And my partner was the same way where he didn't really have extended contact with a child until we had our son. Mm -hmm. And thinking about the anxieties that like the added anxiety of the lack of exposure to that of relationship yep I mean wow like I 
truly never thought of it that way. That is a yep. huge disparity. That's like decades worth of disparity. Y- yes, literally, literally. Yeah. Like seriously, once you're a boy and you turn 14, nobody wants you around children anymore. It's true, yeah. It's, it's, it's true, right? Because of the ideas about boys being dangerous and men being dangerous, right? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, once you get into fatherhood also, Oftentimes, men and women are different in terms of their risk taking and, you know, the ways they do things. Right. So the question that and, and I asked my wife. Right. But back when we had kind of similar issues is, is this really a difference between life and death or is this a preference? Because if it's a preference, leave me alone. If, <laughs> if you really think everything is a difference between life and death, you chose the wrong partner. then, <laughs> Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's so true. I mean, like. Yes. And that is such a huge check we have to make as the, mm-hmm. the, the mothers or the um, female partner in the relationship mm-hmm. too, because I just had this conversation with my husband about mm-hmm. something this past weekend where I was asking him something and he's like, it's cause I'm not doing it fast enough is the, mm-hmm. is, is the concern of your timeline. Like our child, right. he doesn't, it's, it's not going to impact him <laughs> significantly. Right. right. And it really is. It's so hard to do. Yep, it uh, is. Uh, and, and then like, I'm sure how, or tell us how that can have a wearing effect on a dad's mental health. If the, the messaging that we keep giving them is one, you're not getting enough opportunity period, because of systems, because Mm -hmm. of circumstance, because of your role. And then two, when you do try and engage, we're like, you're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You, you, you reach a point of, okay, you do it. Right. You know, I'm I'm not going to, if the baby's crying, you know, whatever, I'm not going to get up and try to do it anymore because the way I do it is clearly wrong. It's, it's a learned helplessness, you know? Yeah. 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 Mm. I mean, there's, we have such a long way to go when it comes to supporting fathers, but I think just even how we think about fatherhood too. And then like, I feel like we, sorry, go ahead. No. And that's one thing I always want to say, because I I always have to say this, men still need to do more with their children, right? (laughs) Like I, I, I I 100%, 100% believe that all the statistics show, like, even if they're giving you a hard time, right, you, you need to find a way to gently push back and explain that you're going to do it your way and engage, right? You can't just say, mm, no, I'm not going to do it anymore. Yeah. You know? So I always need to say that. Right. Appreciate that disclaimer. Abdicating mm-hmm. responsibility is never the option. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Still try somehow. Um, and I think what, what we miss a lot of the times in the conversation around fatherhood is like the emotional aspect of it for men mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if you can tell me why we completely ignore that for dads you know um so I think in general we it just emotions in men right is is kind of complicated right oftentimes men feel as though the only emotion that's socially acceptable for them to show is anger mm-hmm. right you know they can't show being sad or it's a sign of being weak um so I'll um Let's talk about this. So, for example, there's postpartum depression, right? Mm-hmm. Um, postpartum depression, what we think about usually is a mom who after ha- has baby um, has symptoms of depression, right? Feeling sad, you know, sleep disturbed, eating disturbed, all of, you know, all that stuff. Um, versus men, we don't say that men have postpartum depression, right? But men are exposed to the same challenges and changes, right? The, the, the impact on sleep, right? The impact on eating, time, 
energy, new situation, right? So if they're depressed, we're not even going to say you're dealing with postpartum depression, right? Uh, paternal postpartum depression. There's not even a, there's, there's some researchers try to make it a term, but there are people who say, no, I don't even like you using that for men at all, right? Because they think, well, for the woman, it's a biological thing, right? Because they, you know, pushed out the baby and X, Y, Z, but all depression isn't necessarily biological. <laughs> Yeah. Right? I mean, now there's more science even saying that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, some more contemporary science saying that maybe we got the biology wrong when it comes exactly. to depression. Exactly. Um, and it's true. You know, I like, I think back to about like 10 years ago, I remember being in graduate school, but a family member of mine went through a pregnancy loss and her partner, mm -hmm. he actually had the most symptoms. Mm -hmm and he it took him a really long time to like socially engage with any of us again mm -hmm. um he just kind of went into a little bit of a hole but it mm -hmm. never we never talked about it as this mm -hmm. like, postpartum or pregnancy related depression for him of any sort yeah. right and it's it's so true um i'm wondering too if and, and I'm sure this varies differently across communities, but I know for minoritized communities, especially with that expression of any type of emotion other than anger, like mm -hmm. anything like protective around that or. Yes. Yeah, so absolutely. One, one of the strongest things you could do is strengthen your relationship with mom. Right. If you're a dad, that is literally the strongest thing you can do to protect your mental health. Right. Um, two. Um, and this is a finding that was kind of counterintuitive. It's one of my big findings. It got like featured in CNN and it got talked about on the Today Show. OK. Yeah. There you go. Actually, being more involved with your kids can predict better mental health. So not necessarily you know, mental health predicts involvement with kids, but being involved with your kids and providing and engaging with them can may improve your mental health later on. So that's one thing you can do, right? Like just do the stuff for your kids, right? You'll feel more fulfilled and happier doing that. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. it seems so simple and so intuitive, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But we don't think of it that way. Like we don't think of it as bi-directional or going right ways. We think exactly. of- exactly the parent's mental health is impacting the child and the development and the relationship. But exactly. it's true, like the joy that we get in interacting, I'm mm -hmm. sure has such protective factors too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do, I mean, of course, like your relationship with your, your partner through this, your relationship with your child is so critical, but anything in the way of male social relationships, like whenever I think of depression, I always think social relationships are key and friendships mm -hmm. are key. What happens for dads over time? Like, what's it like to have friends when you become a father? It's it's really hard, yeah. you know. Um, so hopefully, you can have other dad friends, right? You know that that's one thing you can always do have have other dad friends. Um, but part of the issue is that you know we use the internet for a lot of resources, right? As a mom, there's just generally so many more resources for you on the internet, like to find in comparison to a dad, right? But also, and this is men's fault, the sad thing is any space that's like all men immediately becomes toxic, <laughs> right? Like, you know, and it's not obviously all men's fault, right? But like, once you put, you know, 10 dudes in the chat room, one of them's gonna start acting in a way that's just gonna, 
you know, turn the whole thing bad, right? Like Reddit, for example, I, I use Reddit. Reddit can be a great resource, right? <laughs> but also there's too many people on there who just are trolls, right? And yeah. negative and spew the negativity. And that doesn't necessarily happen the same way on mommy blogs, right? So there aren't really that those same spaces for dads, you know, to commune with each other because too often it becomes a negative space. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. I don't know. Like, do you have any personal challenges or stories of you trying to navigate that friendship space as a dad? You know, absolutely. Because I was, I won't say I was the first dad among my friends, but I was one of the earlier dads among my friends, right? You know, I had my baby at uh, 24 in grad school, right? You know, and I, I used to go out to happy hour with my friends, you know, and hang out all the time. And then immediately, right? That, that was shut off, right? No, you, you're going home after work, you know, every weekend, if you're going somewhere, you're bringing your wife and kids along with you, um, you know, but, I, but I'm happy that I, I generally do have good friends who, who support me and, you know, who are always happy to be around my baby and whatnot. You know, my life changed, uh, but it changed for the better. And yeah. now, you know, especially with the pandemic, had a lot of friends have babies, <laughs> in, in, you know, during this ongoing pandemic. So now they can look to me as a resource and, yeah. I, and I can provide them with help, you know, like, oh, oh, yeah, I've been I've been I know what age two is like. Here's what you should do. Oh, here's a good book you should read. So um, it's, it's been great. Good. Good. I mean, I know that. It's not you. That's not usually the case for so many folks. And mm-hmm. my partner and I have similar conversations often where he's got like his group of friends who don't have kids. And mm-hmm. he now at this stage of his life, it's like in doses with mm-hmm. that group because mm-hmm. he's like, they just don't get it. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I can't do those same things I used to do. I can't be out until that X amount mm-hmm. of time. I need forewarning to plan. I need mm-hmm. things scheduled. <laughs> right. Right. I need three business days. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I need you to RSVP to events. I need you, like, you know, um, and the conversations too of like what consumes him and what he's excited about now day to day is, you know, did our son go <laughs> use the potty without accidents? Right. <laughs> male friends wants to talk about that all right. day. None right. of them right now, right? And, and it's only going to get harder because more and more men are not interested in having children. Yeah. Interesting. You know, so it's so like only as time goes on, are we going to see this split happen more and more? Because, you know, back in the day, I think the stat was like 80% of men become fathers or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and whether that's biological or step-parent, you know, something like that. But um, now I think like 29% of men, you know, of childbearing age are not interested in having kids. So it's, it's, it's changing. It's changing. Yeah. I mean, I've heard some stats for women too being less interested mm-hmm. in planning. And I think it's so generational, which is mm-hmm. people are getting to make those choices so freely. But of course, it limits the pool of conversation too for it, those of it, us parents. It, it does. And the sad thing is, a lot of the reason is not necessarily because, like, I don't want kids, right? It's because, you know, if you're a millennial, you know, you've experienced like a pandemic, two recession, you know, all, all, all know, the all things that, right? that makes you go, <laughs> I can't, I can't afford it. It's too hard. I have, I have, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars of student loans, right? How am I going to afford a child? It's, it's hard. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. Ugh. So many things to think about. Mm-hmm. Well, as always, this has been a super informative and great conversation. Um, any tips you want to leave the audience with today? 
you know, um, let's see. If you're a dad, engage with your child more. That, that's all I can say. You, can, I, I firmly believe you could always do more as a dad to engage and be with your kids, you know? So just do it. Like, even if you're feeling like you don't want to, you're feeling tired, even if she's arguing with you, just do it. Yeah, just do it. I, I love that suggestion. And sometimes when I clinically work with parents and dads too, I have to explicitly mm-hmm. say like, let's just pull out our calendar and schedule mm-hmm. like a weekly time that you yep. have dad and child time. And it's mm-hmm. just the two of you and it becomes a special time. So maybe, you know, for listeners too, like if you're trying to figure out where do I even start, like the just starting part could be just making sure it's scheduled and it's a commitment that you aren't rescheduling. You're not exactly and you're prioritizing it. Exactly. So that the child feels like it's a really coveted time. You, you know, Take over, um, take over responsibility that mom usually does for a week, right? If they're reading to the kids at night, you say, you know, I'm going to do it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and even that, you know, just reading to your kids for 15 minutes a day is a is a game changer, right? That mm-hmm. engagement is so important. So, you know, just start there. Absolutely, yeah, I love that. I like the like experimenting of like just do it for a week of like switch mm-hmm. roles for a week and see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Because I think one that's super insightful for the other partner who's not doing those responsibilities, the amount of things maybe somebody is engaging with their kids with that you're not. Mm -hmm. And then two, it also just has those relationship building moments too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Love it. Great suggestions. Thank you again for your time. It was wonderful. I'm sure everyone learned so much. I know I did. Mm -hmm. Uh, We really, really appreciate it. Thank you for having me as always. I'm happy to be here. All right. Thanks, listeners and everybody. If you're interested in learning more, you can head to the Parenting Culture website at parentingculture.org or you can find us on Instagram. Thank you. Bye.